North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Welcome back to Dr. Low Radio. I am Dr. Lauren Noel. Thank you so much for joining me. And as you probably noticed, I have intro music now. Yay. How fun is that track? That was from my buddy, Josh. He created the beat and also that's his voice on the audio. So uh, really excited to have some intro music. It's been a long time coming, a little over five years, but we got it. Um, So, and you know, you guys, this is really, uh, I think an example of just freaking do it. You know, if there's something in your heart you want to do and you want to create something, it doesn't have to be perfect to do it. Just get started. And that's really, I think, you know, like with the whole intro music thing, I had the podcast for years before I even had intro music. Cause I was just like, screw it. Let's get the message out there. People need to hear about this information. Yes. The show isn't perfect, but I'm getting it out there. So, but now we have intro music. So how much more fun is that? So hopefully you guys like it and, um, you know, it feels more official now. If you are new to the show, welcome. If you are a repeat listener, thanks so much for joining me again. If you've taken the time to go over to iTunes and leave me a review, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love each and every one of those reviews. They mean the world to me. And if you've been listening to the show and love what you're hearing, please head over to iTunes, leave me a five-star review. It really does help out the show and it creates a lot more visibility for people to know about the show and to find us. So that means a lot. Thank you so much for doing that, you guys. And let's jump into the show. Without further ado, let's bring on our guest. Hello. Welcome to the show. We have Dr. Michelle joining us and very excited to have our guest on the show tonight. We're going to be talking about a topic we haven't talked about on the show before, which is Ayurvedic medicine. It's a very powerful form of medicine and she'll be talking a lot more about all of that, where it comes from, a little bit more about the principles. Um, And then, you know, you guys may walk away with some insight as to what your particular dosha might be. So we'll be talking more about doshas and how you can help to address different types of doshas. And a little bit of, of our guest tonight, we have Dr. Michelle summers Colin. She is the author of Body Wisdom, 10 Weeks to Transformation So You Can Get and Feel Healthy Again. She's also a physician, an entrepreneur, yoga instructor, and she's a motivational speaker. And she offers workshops and online courses based on her book, She hopes to inspire women to live happier, healthier lives and honor their own bodies, wants, and desires. She is a holistic podiatrist in Southern California and lives with her daughter in a suburban east of, a suburb east of LA in Cali, where she hikes and practices yoga. Dr. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, it's great to have you. And I, I know for so many of my guests, you know, we, we go into a particular form of medicine for some of our own, you know, health, health journey, really. Um, 
And so for you going into Ayurvedic medicine, was that something, did you have this aha moment? Did you have some health issues that you went into it for yourself or what's kind of, what drew you to that form of medicine? Yeah, I had some health issues and I wasn't getting better with Western medicine. So I had, um, two things that were really going on. I had a lot of GI issues that were not being diagnosed properly. I was, I was incorrectly diagnosed with Crohn's disease at one point and put on a really strict diet. And as most of us that know what Crohn's disease is, it's such a debilitating disease. It was really hard to hear that diagnosis. Um, and it took a while for me and the doctors to figure out that I didn't have that. So, um, so I had that going on and I also had some sciatica and lower back pain that was not getting better with traditional medicines and physical therapy and things like that. So I started looking into different types of alternative medicine and that's when I found Ayurveda and it really addressed the GI system, really looking at food as medicine and different herbs and things that I could start taking to get my GI system healthy again. And that kind of led me to yoga because, you know, as a lot of us know, yoga and Ayurveda are like sister sciences to each other. So I started doing the yoga and my back pain started going away. And the more yoga I did, the better my body felt. So I just really love Ayurveda and yoga and decided that I needed to start incorporating that into my practice and learning more and teaching it to others as I go along in my own journey. Mm, that's so powerful. And Crohn's actually was one of the reasons, not for myself personally, but a, a good friend of mine in high school had Crohn's disease. And that's how I even learned about naturopathic medicine was she went and saw a naturopathic doctor for herself and just had amazing um, transformation with her health. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's something I see in my practice quite a bit. So <clears throat> it's amazing that, that you were able to, and it sounded like you didn't have Crohn's, but um, but yeah. even for something like Crohn's, I mean, using natural treatments is a, it can be extremely effective. So if you didn't have Crohn's, did you ever find out what, what was the issue for you? Yeah, it was food allergies. Mm. So I had some undiagnosed food allergies and I thought I was eating healthy. I was eating quote unquote healthy things, but they weren't healthy for my body and they were not um, serving me well. So, you know, as I learned more about my dosha and what foods were recommended for me and what allergies and foods were really upsetting my system, I was able to really get that under control. Mm -hmm. How did you come across Ayurveda? Just curious. I really just started uh, researching different types of holistic medicine and I started reading about them and, you know, what their philosophies were and what they really, um, you know, worked with, with foods. And I really liked that this one stressed a lot of foods and herbs since my issues were mainly the GI system at that time. So I decided to um, give that a try and it really worked. Wow. That's great. So let's dive into this world of Ayurvedic medicine. So what is Ayurveda, you know, and what does it mean? What, what are some of the kind of the principles? Give us, give us a little bit of a dive into it. Okay, so really the history of Ayurveda is so long. It's one of the oldest forms of medicine practiced today, still in India. It comes from India. It's about 5,000 years old. And it really came from the, the Vedic um, tradition where they were really, um, you know, looking for something to, to use as a system of medicine 5,000 years ago. And they came up with this you know, theory of body types and 
there's three main body types, um, which we'll get into the doshas, and that started looking at, you know, what things worked for certain people and what things worked for different people, and they really created this system, and it's it worked so well, it's still in practice today, as I mentioned, and it's practiced some in Western culture, like here in the U.S., um, and it's all about bringing the body back into balance, the body, mind, and spirit, and so everything that it it does is to get everything back into balance. So it, as we were younger and we were pretty much all healthy and as we get into our daily lives and our busy schedules, we kind of get off balance with our sleep or our food or stress or whatever. And so using Ayurveda to get yourself back into balance is what I, um, what I do with my clients. Mm -hmm. And I love how one of the one of the bigger focuses when it comes to Ayurvedic medicine is, is having daily practices. And I know we'll, we'll jump into that a little bit later, but I'm really, I'm very passionate about rituals and habits and things that you have just consistently every single day. I mean, I think that is really the key. That's the foundation of your health is having those just be on autopilot. So um, I love that that form of medicine also has, that is a big key part of it as well. Yeah. It's a major part of it. And once you start practicing these daily habits and using them, like you said, as rituals and something that you do every single day, it just becomes part of your daily routine. And it's not really something that you have to think about like, oh, I got to go do this. Oh, I got to go do that. You just really incorporate it as part of your day, just like brushing your teeth. We all brush our teeth every day. It just takes a couple minutes to do some of these things each day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's very doable. And in the, in the beginning, when people hear about some of the practices, it does sound like a lot, but mm-hmm. when you really think about it, it could be 30 seconds here, two minutes here, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And, and over time, those add up to a lot of time that you're giving to your health, you know, over the long haul. So, um, let's jump into the doshas. Yeah. So there's three main doshas in Ayurveda and everyone's a combination of the doshas. So, um, when you hear the doshas, you know, you're not going to be 100% of any of them, but you could be 50, 50, or you could be two thirds, this one, one third, that one. So kind of, you know, um, you'll, you'll hear about that when you hear what they each sound like. So the three main ones are Vata, Pitta and Kapha. And so usually starting with Vata, it's more of in terms of the physical body shape, it's more of someone who's kind of frail or smaller boned. They have, um, they might have dry skin, dry hair. They're just more brittle. So if you think of the qualities of them would be more airy and brittle and dry. So people that get um, chapped lips all the time or really dry hair or dry skin, they could have a lot of that in their system, even though they might be a combination of another dosha. And in terms of um, their mental their mental aspects, they could get very frazzled or very stressed out very easily. So again, that airy quality in their brain, um, you know, how, you know, even if it's not us, you could maybe think of a friend or someone like, oh yeah, they get stressed out really easy or they're kind of um, jumping all over the place from thing to thing. That would be very Vata quality. The next one would be Pitta, which would be the one in the middle. So that one is more of like a medium sized frame, more of an athletic shaped body, more muscular, Um, they really like to do things that are, you know, require a lot of muscles. So they like to do really rigorous sports, run marathons and things like that. And they tend to be, their qualities are kind of fiery. So they get hot tempered more easily. Um, instead of getting stressed out when things aren't going right, they go more to anger. Um, instead of that airy quality, they have that fiery quality. 
um, things can upset their GI system really easily that are very spicy. So they have to really be aware of that in terms of when they're, um, when they're eating, but at the same time, they love spicy foods. So they, <laughs> <laughs> they love the fiery qualities about sports and food, but if they do too much of it, they can get off balance. So that's where the whole balance part comes in for them. And then the kapha um, body type is more of, they're kind of uh, bigger, bigger boned. They tend to put on weight easier. Um, they tend to be very, um, happy with not doing exercise. Like they're not, they don't, they don't worry about it. They're like, yeah, I'm good. You know, um, they're very, in terms of their personality, they're the easiest ones to get along with. Cause they're very like go with the flow types. Like, yeah, whatever. They don't get stressed out that easily, but they can tend to get, you know, sad and depressed a little bit because they, they have a little bit more of that lethargic quality about them. So in terms of foods and things like that, they have to be careful that they're not eating too many heavy foods and comfort foods. And again, that's what they like, just like with the pizza. <laughs> they like that. It's comforting. It's warming. It's like really makes them feel good. But if they eat too much of it, they'll start gaining weight. And then when they get weight, gain too much weight, they can get kind of sad and depressed. So again, they have to really balance it. So knowing, you know, which one you fall into even though you might have like the mental qualities of this one, but then the physical qualities of that one, you can kind of decide, okay, for foods, I need to stick with this and I need to cut these things out on my diet. And when it comes to my personality, like I do get really angry quick. So maybe I have to, you know, think about doing some more meditation or things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really fun to take a dosha quiz. There's a lot of them online. I know the Chopra Center has one and you can just Google dosha quiz and take one and it'll just ask you different questions about, you know, your body, your body size, your body type, what kinds of activities you like to do, um, you know, how you handle stress and things like that. And then it'll give you, um, you know, a little reading or a little printout that says, you know, okay, you're 50, 50, this and that, or you're mostly this. And then you can start looking up like what foods go with that body Mm -hmm. type that will make you feel better. So cool. I love it. And so do you, what, I'm just curious, do you know what doshas you are? Obviously, you know, what are you? you? (laughs) Yeah. So I'm Vata Kapha. So Mm -hmm. in terms of the Vata part, um, I have to be really careful of what I eat because if I eat foods that have the Vata qualities, meaning dry, airy things like um, bread and popcorn and things that are really dry and airy, that will upset my stomach. So I have to stay away from those. But then I have the kapha side, meaning um, if I eat too much of the heavy foods, I tend to gain weight. So I have to really balance out, you know, my foods um, based on not upsetting my system and on not gaining weight. So Mm -hmm. so interesting. And so, um, okay, well, let's, let's dive into each one a little bit more. So like, let's talk about vata. So, So someone who's vata, what would be some things that can be very therapeutic? So just really good practices for someone who's more kind of predominantly vata. So since they tend to be very dry, um, one of the daily practices that we practice in Ayurveda is called abhyanga. And what that Sanskrit word means is self-massage. And so this is good for everybody, but especially for vata types because their skin tends to be dry. So we want to do a daily practice of self-massage with oil, not with lotion. And for vatas, um, they also tend to run cool. They're, body, they're one of those people that's always cold in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to use a warming oil, like a sesame oil or something like that that has a warming quality to it. And you just, just 30 seconds um, you can do it in the morning when you get up and again at night before you go to bed, especially at night because it will help you sleep. 
So doing practices like the self-massage with the oil, and if you, if it sounds like a big chore to do a whole massage on yourself, you know, just start with your feet. Do a self-massage before you go to bed with sesame oil on your feet. Um, don't overdo it so that your feet are slippery and you're going to get up in the middle of the night and slip and fall. Just mm-hmm. do a really light application, 30 seconds on each foot. Just really massage it in. That would be something really great for vatas to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good for all of the doshas too. And the other doshas can you know, see which oils are better for them. So like, I know I'm on a tangent, but for the pitta people who tend to run a little bit warmer, they would want to use a coconut oil because that's more um, cooling to the body. Mm-hmm. Also in the summertime when it's really hot, ev- all of the doshas could use coconut oil because it's cooling. So mm-hmm. for vatas, that would be one great thing is to make sure that they don't skip their self-massage every day. Um, awesome. Yeah. And another thing for them that's a really good practice is to practice um, a type of yoga that's very calming so that they can get that relaxation because they tend to be in their heads a lot. Mm -hmm. So doing some restorative yoga or yin or gentle flow, something like that that's like really soft, really smooth, really calming. Um, And obviously meditation. And if they have a hard time relaxing their mind and getting into meditation, because they, like I said, they tend to be in their head a lot listening to guided meditations would be a good way for them to kind of, you know, relax and get into it. Mm-hmm. And then for foods, what about some good foods for Vata? So for Vata, because they tend to run dry, they want to um, make sure that they have good oils, you know, healthy fats. So things like avocados and cooking with ghee, which um, in Ayurveda, that's used in a lot of dishes. Um, instead of using oils, they want to use ghee, which is clarified butter. Um So cooking with ghee, um, having really warming comfort foods. So because they tend to be more on the underweight side, um, they can afford to have more of those heavier comfort foods than the kaffas. So for them, that would be really good. They they love soups. So Mm. soups are really warming and comforting, soothing for them. And it's giving them that extra liquid um, since they tend to run dry. Um, Those would be really good foods for Vatas. And then are there certain, I guess, I would think that different doshas tend to do better in certain climates, right? So for someone who's a Vata, maybe they would be better in a warm temperament? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. since they have the airy and um, cold features, then they want to stay away from cold, airy temperatures. So like something like Chicago, where it's cold and windy in the winter is going to be really bad for them. Like they're not going to feel great in Chicago, Mm -hmm. Um, but they might feel really good in, you know, Phoenix or something where it's like nice and hot. Right. You know? (laughs) Yeah. So does it, does someone's dosha change throughout their life or or do they have, do you have the same one pretty much from when you're young until you're old? Well, you're really born with one that's, you know, your constitution, but, um, but in different phases of life, um, we do, we go through different um, dosha periods of time. Mm, okay. So one of the things that Ayurveda, um, one of the principles of Ayurveda is these doshic qualities are in everything. So in it's in the foods. So the foods can be like a kapha food would be something heavy and oily. And then a vata food would be something air and dry. So it's it also believes that temperatures are like that. It's going to have vata qualities or kapha or pitta qualities, um, like we were just talking about. And same with the periods of time in our life. So um, 
while when we're babies and we're, you know, kind of chubby and heavy, um, <laughs> that's like a kapha period of life. So you could be a vata dosha when you, you know, when you're young, because you know what your, if your parents know what your dosha is, but you're in a kapha period of life. And then the, the pitta period of life is kind of that middle period where we're young adults. And then as we're older adults, we're in the vata time of life because mm. you know how older adults, uh, let's say senior citizens, they get kind of frail. Mm-hmm. So, so it also goes like that. And, and also the temperatures and the times of day. So everything has different qualities. So it's really interesting when you put it all together, mm-hmm. um, you can see how, you know, a vata might feel better in the vata time of day. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's really interesting when you put all those things. So together. that I've never heard that. So what are the different, like when's the vata time of day or pitta or kapha time? So, yeah, in terms of um, the vata, pitta and kapha times of day, there's an Ayurvedic clock. And Mm -hmm. so the pitta time of day would be um, like the middle of the day when the sun is out and it's at its peak. Mm -hmm. So from like 10 in the morning to, um, to two in the afternoon, say, and it would be the same in the middle of the night and in the day. So 10 to 2 would be the pitta time. Mm. And the um, the kapha time is in the early evening. So from, let's say, 6 to 10 p.m. And so what we say about that time of time of evening is that's the time you that's the like warm juicy time because those are the qualities of kapha Mm -hmm. that's the warm juicy time where you want to start relaxing and getting ready for bed and doing all these really comforting things like connecting with your partner and doing your bedtime rituals and things like that to get yourself ready for bed so that's the kapha time of day the pitta time is when the sun is at its peak because that's the hot fiery time of day and so the vata time would be in the morning um when you get up and, and you want to you, you want to rise during that time and you want to start doing all your morning practices to get your energy up during that time. Mm, I love that. And I think that's it's really important to keep that in mind, especially in the later time of the day is that, okay, am I working until late you know, hours of the night or am I winding down and taking that time to rest and recharge? And like you said, connecting with you know, your loved ones or, you know, taking a relaxing bath or doing some self massage, you know, having those daily practices is really powerful. So I love that. Yeah. And that's why I love to refer to that kapha time as the warm, juicy time. Cause it's easy mm-hmm. to remember that it's like, Oh yeah, that's the warm, juicy time. That's when I want to get, <laughs> I want to get warm and I want to get ready for bed and I want to oil myself up and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And one more thing I wanted to say about that, when we talk about the pitta time of day being that peak time of day in the in the middle of the day between 10 and two, it's also in the evening where we, we actually want to be asleep before that time hits. So we kind of aim our bedtime to be at 10 because I, I know a lot of people have heard of people getting a second wind kind mm-hmm. of in the middle of the night. And that's because they're still awake when that pitta time of night peaks. Wow. And what happens is if you're, if you're still awake and up working or being stimulated by TV or something during that time, your energy goes back up and then it's going to be hard to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to be asleep during that time because we want that peak energy to be happening to ourselves when we're sleeping so that our body is getting rest and repair and rejuvenation and replenishing our energy stores for the next day. So we don't want to be awake during that time working because then we're not going to get all that that we need, you know? I love that, how it parallels with conventional medicine, you know, and just current medicine of what we know, what happens hormonally with your body while you're sleeping. And we, we, uh, weeks ago we had Sean Stevenson on the show. We talked about, um, 
sleep smarter and just different principles of, of getting really good sleep. And, and one of the, the windows of time that's so powerful for your sleep is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. That's when you get the most release of growth hormone and you get that real magical, you know, like you said, the, the restoration, the, the healing of your body. Um, and I love that, you know, we know that now that's the time you get the most melatonin and the growth hormone. And that's when your, um, you know, stress hormones should be lower and your, your body is restoring and that's when you're healing. Um, I love and how, you know, thousands of years ago, they identified this before we knew the name growth hormone. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it amazing that 5,000 years ago, they realized that that's the time, the magic time of sleep that you need to be asleep. Yeah. And now we know why, you know, through science and, and studies. I love it. Okay, cool. Let's jump into Pitta a little more. So you talked about some of the daily practices and foods for dosh or for Vata. What about Pitta? Yeah. So for Pitta, like I was mentioning, they have that fiery quality. So if they love spicy foods, but they have to really be careful because when they eat too much of it, they're going to get that heartburn. They tend to get heartburn and um, acid stomach and things like that. So they want to eat things that are going to be more um, calming and more coating and soothing to their, to their GI system. So, um, um, they, they also happen to have a very strong GI system. Um, so they can eat pretty much most things and not get an upset stomach, except if they have too much of that fiery stuff. So they have mm -hmm. to really be careful of that. So really good things for them because they have that warm quality is, um, cooling foods. So things like salads and watermelon and coconut juice, all of that kind of stuff that has a cooling quality is going to be really good for Pitta. Mm, I love that. And then for, so let's say for, you know, Vata's, you mentioned doing like guided meditation or, or real calming things like yoga. Um, what about for Pitta? So Pitta loves sports. They love to work out. They're the type that, you know, will work out two, three times a day. Mm -hmm. um, so they, um, because they're hot, they, things that will cool them will be really good. So running is good because they have that wind, you know, passing them as they're running. Um, swimming is really good. They can do lots of endurance sports. Um, so anything that's going to give them like the sense of wind going by them. So like skiing and running and cycling and, um, and like I said, anything in the water, um, all of that kind of stuff will, will be great for them. Do they tend to be fast drivers? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That'd be fascinating to see the people who get the most tickets and see what dosha they are. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, cool. Anything else about Pitta that is unique to this particular dosha or maybe like different practices and things? Well, just because they tend to get um, angry quicker mm -hmm. and, you know, they tend, that's where they go. That's their comfort zone, right? When they get stressed out or things aren't going right, they go to anger. So just really keeping that in check. If, if you know that you're Pitta, realizing that that's where you go and kind of, you know, maybe having some deep breathing or some types of meditation where you can relax yourself, calm yourself down when you feel that, you know, coming up, you know, sometimes you can feel it coming up in your body when something upsets you and right away, you know, you might feel it in the pit of your stomach or you might feel your skin getting flushed or something like that. For them, just kind of noticing those signs and um, being aware of it so that they can, you know, do counting exercises or deep breathing or something that can, whatever works for them, that can calm them down. And then do, do pittas tend to have higher blood pressure as well? Yeah, mm -hmm. they do because they let stress affect them in that way. Right. And I would guess that Vata tends to have low blood pressure probably, right? 
Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm getting it. Um, all right. <laughs> let's jump into Kafa. And then this, this one cracks me up because years ago I had a boyfriend who was like classic Kafa because I'm so not Kafa. But there's something about being around Kafas that I absolutely love. It's just because I, I think I tend to be a little bit more Vata dominant with a lot of Pitta. But I think, you know, because I do tend towards kind of, uh, you know, the anxiety frazzle type of thing, I have to have a lot of daily practices to keep my, my stuff in check. But for some reason, being around kafas is very calming and grounding. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that's how they are. They're very calming. They're very easy to get along with. Um, they're very, um, yeah, they're just the easiest ones to get along with. So it's great to have that combination, you know, when yeah. you're in a relationship, not to have two pittas maybe, but to have, right. you know, a pitta and a kapha. Um, so, yeah, they, like I said, they tend to gain weight. They tend to... Um, not worry about stuff so much. So they're not going to really worry about exercising and the, the foods they're eating. But if they do start to gain weight, it does, you know, make them a little bit depressed sometimes. So mm-hmm. make, just making sure they're not eating those heavy foods, um, creamy, heavy, heavy sauces and things like that are not going to be great for them. So for them to eat a lighter, a lighter type of um, diet is going to be helpful for them. Um, they also can, go longer periods of time without eating because, you know, they just are able to eat maybe twice a day versus um, the rest of us who really need to eat three times a day to get to feel, you know, that nourishment. So um, just because they have a, a heavier constitution, they, they're someone that can eat twice a day. And a lot of times they don't really feel like eating breakfast. Like they wake up and they're like, just don't even care. And then there's the rest of us that, you know, we really want to eat something in the morning. So, <laughs> so that was funny. something I had to learn with my daughter. She's a teenager and she's kapha vata. So we're kind of like the opposites. So she doesn't really care about breakfast. And for, you know, as a parent, you always hear, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Right. Make sure your kids go to school without, you know, with, with eating breakfast. And it took me a while to realize she doesn't really need it. Yeah. Um, she can just have like something really simple, like a glass of, juice or um you know just like something really really small and she's fine until lunchtime and then she's ravenous so um so you know just kind of looking at that and and not forcing people to eat when they're not hungry you know because it could just be that's the way they're built so she's built like that so they can skip breakfast and be fine with it mm-hmm. um yeah so that's in terms of foods that's that's how they are um like I said, they also have a very strong um, um, GI system. So, you know, not a lot of foods that set their system that much. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that part's good. They just have to watch, you know, not eating heavier stuff. And are there any particular foods that are just really good for kafas to have? Um, yeah, like um, really light, light types of fruits. Mm -hmm. So like apples and things like that, that are kind of airy and, um, Mm. not heavy. So you don't want to eat like the really heavy sugary fruits, like bananas and things like that. Um, so just lighter things. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. And what about like salads and stuff like that? Yeah, salads, um, vegetables, things like that. And, um, a lot of times it's not really what they want to eat, right? Right. Like they, they love the comfort foods and it's okay in moderation. They just have to be aware that they tend to gain weight quickly. So if they see that that is starting to happen, kind of back off a little bit. And I'm sure too, if, if they're having the, the vegetable, you know, the big beautiful salad, they probably want to douse like real creamy ranch dressing and, you know, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Oh, I love this stuff. Anything else about the doshas that you think are what? One thing I'm curious actually about is um, getting into maybe herbal medicine. Are there? Do you know if there's any particular types of herbs or you know specific nutrients for the different doshas? Um, yeah, there's different herbs. Um, in terms of herbs, one the the thing that I think is the most important is if you're having GI system issues, like let's say you're a pitta and you just, you love your spicy food. So you just tend to eat them, even though maybe you, you know, you shouldn't eat as much of them as you do. Um, there's different spices and you can get like a blend for pittas. that already has all of the things in it to mm -hmm. kind of calm you down. So let's say that you're, you're, you're eating all this stuff and you know, you shouldn't, but now you feel it kind of firing up then there's some calming herbs that you can take. And mm. the same thing for vatas, because vatas be having that airy quality, if they eat the wrong foods, they can they tend to get bloated and gassy. So that's that airy quality again. Mm -hmm. So if they feel that, then you know they can they can start taking some herbs that will calm them down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. In in naturopathic medicine, we we refer to some of those herbs that are kind of calming for the nervous system as nervines. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, things like, I don't know if it's the same in Ayurvedic, but things like, you know, chamomile, maybe, uh, yeah. passion flower, lemon balm, just kind of chill herbs. Yeah. And, and also with, um, with the vatas, um, adding different spices that are warming, like cumin and turmeric mm. and, um, things like that, adding that kind of stuff to their food because they tend to run cold. So adding warm spices to their food actually helps them digest their food better. Mm, I love that. What about coffee? How does that affect the different doshas? Um, well, coffee, you know, being a stimulant, it's, it's going to have more of an effect on certain people than other people. So, um, you know, for, for the pittas, if they already have an, you know, an acid stomach because they're eating really spicy foods or they're just off balance, it might not be the best thing for them. Um, if they're, if they're in balance though, and they, they're having like one cup in the morning with their breakfast, it's probably not a big deal. But if they already feel off balance, um, if they feel that, you know, that angry stuff coming up or they're feeling that acid stomach, it's probably better to stay away from it. And same with vatas, if, uh, because it's a stimulant and they're already in their head, you know, a lot, it might not be the best thing for them. Um, mm -hmm. They just have to see, you know, how they're feeling. Are they are they balanced and they're feeling really mellow and chill, or are they kind of off kilter? Right. Um, and then for kaphas, because they're very easygoing and you know their GI system is pretty strong, um, it's not really an issue for them as much as the other two. But they'll probably put in lots of cream and make it really heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Probably. Um, so, so I as we as I said earlier, I, I love talking about daily rituals, different practices. I'm I'm fascinated. I, I wish I could, you know, have like I wish I could be a little camera on your shoulder and see what you do throughout the day as your practices, because this is something you obviously live and breathe. And and so I'm just curious if you give us kind of a a day in the life of Dr. Michelle, what are, what are some things that you do maybe throughout your day that help to kind of keep things in balance for you and, and help you live, you know, some of these principles? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so one of the things that I really like to stress when I'm talking to someone about this is um, energy levels. So a lot of people come to me asking about, you know, how can I get more energy? I'm always tired. So when energy is an issue um, and this is going to lead into the practices, you really need to look at what you did yesterday to talk about your energy for today. So I know I want to have a lot of energy the following day. So I have to start today and 
what I really need to start looking at is my food, what time I'm eating and what I'm eating, let's say starting with dinner. So starting with dinner, um, I always teach you have to have an earlier, lighter dinner. And what that means is really eating before six o'clock because we're aiming to go to bed at 10, like we talked about with that clock. So if I'm going to go to bed at 10, I got to eat by six because we need that four hours to digest our food and make sure everything's you know, digested before we go to bed, because once we go to bed, like we talked about, we want all of those things to happen, the repair, the rejuvenation, the energy uh, replenishing, and none of that's going to happen if we're digesting our food when we're sleeping. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I do is make sure that I'm eating my dinner early and I'm not eating a real heavy meal, because even if I'm eating it early and it's too heavy, it's going to still take longer to digest and we don't want to get into that when we're sleeping. So, So I start with that. And then um, when we get into that real juicy kapha time of night, um, I start with my shutting down my electronics an hour before bed. That's the first thing of my nighttime ritual. Um, taking a bath instead of a shower because that's going to be nice and calming. And then I do my, um, my daily massage. I do that before bed. And if I'm having a hard time sleeping, which I don't have too much anymore, but I used to have insomnia a few years ago, so it was really an issue then. I listen to a guided meditation or um, a calming song that I have saved on my phone. So uh, like a chant, one of those um, yogic chants. So yeah. that's what I do before bed to to really get a good night's sleep. Um, Love it. Yeah. So and then, like I said, aiming for 10 o'clock. It doesn't happen every day. You know, no one's perfect. Of Sometimes course. it's not 10 till 1030 or 11. But that's really like the goal. And then trying to get those eight hours of sleep setting my alarm for six. Sometimes now with now that school just started, I actually started getting up at five instead so that I can get all my morning things done before taking my daughter to school. So my morning routine starts with getting up early, five or six, hydrating. That's the next big thing I teach after the earlier, later dinner is hydrating in the morning. So what hydrating means for me is between two to four glasses of water. And that's before doing anything else. That's before brushing my teeth, that's before showering, that's before exercising, because really what that does, and I'm sure you you teach your, your people to hydrate too in the morning, mm. is, you know, it flushes out your digestive system, it just helps you flush everything through, and um, so I do that, I drink my water, and then I can start uh, working out, so I do my workout before breakfast, and before showering and all that, so I try to do at least 20 minutes before, uh, before I leave the house in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, some of these things, when people hear them for the first time, they're like, I don't have 20 minutes in the morning. I thought that too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, when that's the case, start with five. Yeah. Just start with five. You can, you'll build up to it. No problem. Um, start with running in place for five minutes, doing jumping jacks, doing anything to get your blood moving and your oxygen flowing. So I do 20 minutes of that before doing anything else. That was one thing I remember from my Ayurvedic class that I took back in naturopathic school was just the, the importance of sweating in the beginning of the day. They, they you know, we're talking about how important that is to, to, to sweat every single day. And I, I love that. Um, and I love that you said, start with five minutes if that's all you have. I mean, research shows you don't have to do like a full 30 minute in one chunk. You can break it apart in, you know, 10 minutes three times throughout the day. So I yeah. think that's, um, that's really key. Just do it, do what you can. 
Yeah. And um, I've just recently bought one of those little rebounders, those little mini trampolines. And so, oh, it's my favorite new thing because it's been so hot this summer. And I don't, I like to go out and either hike or run in the morning, but even with it being this hot, um, I have that now. So I'll just go downstairs and I'll just do that. And it really gets your blood going and your sweat going. I'm, I was surprised like how much of a workout I can get from that little thing. Well, and it's also incredible for, for bone density and, you know, preventing osteoporosis. You're getting that weight bearing exercise and it's really fun. It's like, you feel like a kid when you're on that thing. <laughs> yeah. And then if I didn't get a chance to do, you know, a good, I'm trying, I mean, now I've been doing two workouts a day, but I just started that recently. And so I, I'll do another one later in the evening if I'm watching TV or if I'm just hanging out with my daughter, I'll just do another workout on that. Because mm-hmm. you could do it while you're, you know, listening to um, a podcast or while you're watching TV or something. Yeah, so, totally. Yeah. So it's really fun. Um, so I do my morning workout and then I, then I do, um, then I get ready for the day and I, I always scrape my tongue. That's another Ayurvedic practice. It helps mm-hmm. get off the toxins and things off of your tongue that, you know, kind of came up during the night. Um, then I'll, then I'll have my breakfast and I usually make a smoothie. I make a green smoothie and that just works for me for breakfast. Um, and what do you put I, in your smoothie? <laughs> um, what my favorite smoothie that I've been having lately is I put spinach. I put like two handfuls of spinach in there. I put a banana and then I usually put almond milk and sometimes I'll put coconut water, but I really like the almond milk better, but that's, you know, the vata in me wanting it to be like more comforting. Right. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my morning routine and my evening routine. And, um, I usually, I was doing my meditation in the morning before working out, but now that I have to get my daughter to school earlier, I've been doing my meditation in the middle of the day, like around lunchtime instead. Does your daughter, does she you know, believe in the Ayurvedic medicine and, or do any, you know, kind of principles for herself? I'm just curious. Yeah, she does. Uh, she does yoga. Love um, it. yeah, she goes to yoga camp in the summer, which is so up in cute. Northern California. How old is she? She's almost 15. Wow. Um, she started going there when she was about eight or so. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a 10 day camp and it's at a Shivananda ashram. So it's so awesome for them to just be in nature and to be doing yoga and learning about Ayurveda when they're there. So she does that. And she's recently started making her own smoothies. She has her own little recipes that she likes to do. So cute. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really cute. Aww. So those are the main, I think those are the main things that she does. And she's, she's, you know, been following my example of, the way I eat and she's, you know, stopped eating meat and she's really into um, really eating whole foods now, now that well, she's getting older. What I love of what you said is just that you, you know, she's like you said, she's learned from your example. You've been practicing these things for probably many years. Is that your cat in the background? That's so cute. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's adorable. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, she, that's what it's about is being that example. And she sees you, you know, working out as you're watching TV or listening to a podcast and, you know, she's taking that on and, and that's, that's what it's about is being that example for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so great because now that she's a teenager and, you know, she'll be leaving for college in a couple of years, I'm just really glad to see her taking these on, on her own. Like mm-hmm. I don't try to make her ha- drink smoothies or try to have her, um, you know, do yoga or do these other things just little by little. She's been doing them on her own. Yeah. Really cool stuff. 
Yeah. Well, Dr. Michelle, I mean, I, I'm, as you can see, I'm so into this and I would love to keep talking this forever, but obviously, you know, for the sake of time, we can't do that. But are there any other, you know, last tidbits, anything else I haven't really asked about that you think is, you know, important to mention about Ayurvedic medicine or anything else you can think of? Um, just, you know, we already talked about it, but I just wanted to really stress, you know, that the, the bedtime and eating, because I think that in our society right now, people are working later hours, but more than that, they're eating so late at night. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, you know, they, they make plans to go out to eat at seven or 8 PM and who knows what time you actually get your food, you know, 30 minutes later. So when, when that, when you were doing that, that's really cutting into our sleep and we're really in a state of sleep deprivation right now in our society. Mm -hmm. So I just want to really stress that if people can just start being conscious of you know, what time they're eating, what time they're going to bed and start bringing that back down a little back to where it used to be before electricity and mm -hmm. electronics came into place. Think about, you know, how our ancestors did it. And, you know, even back in the time of, you know, living on the farm and people rose when the sun came up and they started settling down for the evening when the sun went down because, you know, that's what they had to do. And things were so much simpler then. So just really looking at, making things simpler and things will start to be so much more easy for them. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. And, and, and like you said too, like learning what works for you and, yeah. you know, just ex exploring a little bit in this world, you know, go, go into, go online and do a, a quiz for, and actually we'll leave it in the show notes. We'll put a couple of links for some quizzes in the show notes for you guys. And you can see what dosha works for you and just try this stuff out and see, you know, it's all about just trying it on and exploring things and seeing what works and see how you feel and think it's only going to help, you know, you guys feel better and feel more balanced. So I love it. Dr. Michelle, thank you so much for, for joining us. Where can people follow what you're up to? Thank you. It was awesome to talk to you today too. So like you said, I could talk to you forever about this <laughs> stuff. Um, they can find me on my website. It's drmichelle.com and that's Michelle with one L. And, um, I just started a podcast myself. Amazing. Yeah. And they can find that there and it's called body wisdom with Dr. Michelle. Amazing. Well, maybe I can be on me on your show. We can talk I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us and Dr. Michelle, have a great rest of your day and we'll talk real soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. 
North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.